man. May I have your attention, please? It's time for the final countdown. The show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, The beat has dropped. You know what that means. It's time for the Beyond the Paint podcast. It's me, Ty, Storm and Stewart. Hey, we are back for another episode, and I'm super excited for this one. For those of you that are listening, whether it be through Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Podbean, there's a million of y'all out there. I appreciate it. Man, I'm excited for this episode. I got two guys that started out as bullfighters, and now they've joined forces and have one phenomenal company that I'm proud to say I'm a part of. I'm so excited for these guys. Just a few moments away, I'm going to introduce these guys. And I <laughs> I can't tell you what this podcast is going to be like, but I'm excited for it. We're just moments away. Get excited. Yeah, that's right. It's time. For this episode of Beyond the Paint Podcast, I got two special guys with me, and I'm going to tell you, this is about to be exciting. And I got uh, the one, the only, Gus Gronberg. Hey, uh, Gronberg. Hey, Gus, why don't you go ahead and tell people your full name first? <laughs> yeah, on paper, it reads Augustus Earnhardt Moldenhauer Kronberg. Uh, you can call me Gus. <laughs> so we'll just call him Gus because that's way too long for everyone. And then we got the one, the only, Mr. Brent Schaff. What's up, Brent? Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, Notre Dame Paradise. You guys healthy? Doing good. good. Doing good. Yeah. Good. Doing as, trying to be as healthy as 2020 allows us to be. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to fight the COVID. Yeah. Each day at a time. Yeah. Heard that. Heard that. That's better than fighting any other C disease. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. These two guys have uh, joined forces and have created a company called Hooked Up Enterprises. Uh, for any of y'all that are listening that follow me on Facebook. Uh, you see me post pretty often about uh, Hooked Up Enterprises. They are a uh, – man, how, how would I describe Hooked Up Enterprises? We're a, we're a one-stop creative agency that specializes in Western sports. Uh, we've, we're, a, we're a weird can of worms, but we've, uh, we've started with kind of a, a singular mission to create opportunities, and we've just kind of followed this windy little road of our own uh, to where we are now. Man, that sounds so professional. That was awesome. <laughs> that was so professional. That is right. That is a uh, man. I, I could not have said it any better. That is phenomenal. They are definitely the one stop shop. They are the guys that I use. Uh, that uh, if you see me at any rodeo, you see me wearing a hooked up uh, uh, jersey. These two guys come up and create uh, some of the most elite jerseys you're gonna, jerseys you're going to see going up and down the road. Uh, and I'm very thankful to have these guys uh, as a big supporter of me. But uh, Gus, Brent, why don't you go ahead and let's start. Uh, let's start before hooked up enterprises. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about your beginning in rodeo, uh, Gus. I'm going to start with you. You know, cool. You, for uh, those for those of you okay. who don't know, Gus is a big, big man. So, Gus, why don't you go ahead and tell them how you got involved in the rodeo world? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, back when I was, uh, I don't know, about 12 inches and 150 pounds shorter, um, I was uh, riding steers and sheep and anything that had four legs. Um, and then I got to a point, I was probably a freshman in high school and uh, riding junior bulls wasn't going to work because my feet touched the ground. So um, <laughs> kind of stepped away from rodeo and uh, focused on on sports and and trying to trying to be an athlete. I played played football and hockey and track and field. I was a I was a goalie in hockey and and uh, pretty darn good one at that. And uh, uh, from there, I graduated high school. I didn't didn't want to go to college. I didn't think there was anything that anyone could, uh, could tell me that I didn't already know. And Brent will definitely attest to that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and uh, I and <clears throat> ended up moving from, I grew up in, in central South or North Dakota. I moved out to the Black Hills of South Dakota, um, out by Belfouche. Um, and if you know anything about Belfouche, it's cowboy country. And uh, kind of just, got to being around rodeo again and i was like man this is i gotta find a way back into this deal and and uh so i one of my friends from uh elementary school back in the day he he ended up moving to colorado and he was a bull rider and had four practice bulls and i asked him i said hey man can, can i come come out to your place and try to try to learn this bullfighting thing and uh he was cool with it and so i, I called brent actually because he was the only other bullfighter that i knew and kind of asked him to come show show the ropes, and uh, it's kind of just been a trip ever since. Huh, man! I, I'm just sitting here trying to picture you riding steers. Didn't go well, man. <laughs> uh, tell you what, I'm uh, I'm I'm six eight now. Uh, when I graduated high school, I was six six, and when I was uh, about an eighth grader, I bridged six two. So, um, oh. from an early age, I've always been a pretty big kid. Yeah, yeah, I I can believe that. I can believe that. All right, Brent, tell us about uh, how'd you get your start in rodeo. Man, I was uh, kind of uh, I don't know. I kind of I kind of fell into it by looking for myself. I think I uh, was kind of a nerd and in, in, in school and was uh, um, was involved in a lot of different things, sports and extracurricular activities, and always always loved rodeo. Grew up around ranching and cattle and. Um, my sister was a, a rodeo queen, but that's, you know, <laughs> that is, yeah. So, uh, I, I always wanted to ride bulls and, and it just never really came to fruition. And one time, uh, uh, I've, you know, always followed bull riding locally going around, around town. I'm from Mandan, North Dakota, which is where Chad Berger's from. I went to school with, uh, one of his kids and his nephews. And, uh, so I, uh, you know, kind of grew up out there and there's, it's a pretty, pretty rodeo -y country as far as North Dakota is concerned. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of buck and bulls in that 50 square miles right there. So, um, kind of fell into it, got into a school when I was, uh, I think 15 or 16, I got 16 the first time I went, uh, to one in Mandan and, uh, fell in love with it. Uh, my mom hated it. Uh, she didn't want any part of it and I uh, did it anyway. <laughs> I did it for uh, a few years. I went to college in uh, in Oklahoma at the Panhandle State for a year uh, in, in the good old good old well, and um, came back up north and finished my my college tenure at NDSU and got a degree in marketing. And was fighting bulls the whole time, uh, amateur rodeos and bull ridings and uh, traveling kind of throughout the Upper Midwest mostly, and uh, nothing crazy, but. Um, Kind of did that, did that for about, you know, seven or seven and a half years and uh, kind of just 
I had always had a love for for business, I guess, and a love for the show. When I was seventeen, I was eighteen, I think, uh, eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. We started. I started putting on bullfights uh, just in North Dakota here, little podunk backyard shows that nobody knew anything about, but we wanted some to go to. So by God, we created our own and um, brought some brought some of Nevada bulls after arrow bucket bulls and uh, tipped them in the alley on the way in and. My God, we fired him at him. We had a couple flat foot jumps right there in Elgin, North Dakota. Gave away cold hard cash, a buckle, and the guy got pulled over and went to jail on the way home too. So we've, uh, <laughs> you know, we've we've we started at the bottom and and we're still there some days, but uh, we, we feel like we're getting higher anyway. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I did not. I did not realize. I didn't realize you put on bullfights up there. Yeah, we uh, we started in, like I said, I was eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. We did them on kind of a piggyback deal off of a off a, a local amateur bull ride deal, and I invited the I don't know, I think it was a six or seven man deal, and I invited a couple. Yeah, there was I think Zach Call came to one. I had a couple guys from Wyoming. I had um, a couple guys from Montana. I think Tate Rhodes came to one. Um, maybe later on and. Uh, no, nobody, nobody super big, I guess at the time, but, uh, but it was, there wasn't really anything going at that time. You know, you're talking, you know, 2013, 14, 15, there really, that was kind of a lull, uh, you know, that was 2015 kind of when the BFO took off, but it was kind of in the dead, the dead time of the bullfights other than like, you know, Ardmore and Ada and all that stuff. And, yeah. uh, so I've always Kevin enjoyed, Rich's deals. yeah, yeah. And Kevin's deals. And so I've always just enjoyed, uh, putting on the shows i enjoyed the uh, being an athlete i enjoyed entertaining people i enjoyed being around the bulls i i loved every part of it but i wanted uh i felt like my talents were better to do somewhere else than in a paraclete and uh and i and i i think that uh that's probably one of the better decisions i've made in my life and um and so i, I kind of stepped away from it and 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 i still still handle some of the bulls and i ended up working for uh the bfo for a little while and was there and learned a lot there, traveled a lot there, met a lot of people and, and did a lot of neat things and um kinda kinda got my cut my teeth on it I guess a little bit and uh learned some learned some wonderful life lessons and uh have kind of compounded on that ever since, I guess. Heck yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So so you know, you since you both are involved in the bullfighting uh world, you know Let's just talk about it real quickly. How, how crazy is it, even in just the short time that y'all have been involved in bullfight? How crazy is it to see how much it has changed? And, and like you were talking about, you know, 2015, the bullfighting. I mean, bullfighting's been around in terms of the freestyle game and stuff like that. It's it's been around, but now it's very rapidly increasing and becoming almost a mainstream oh, yeah. media type sport. I mean, the BFO and UBF Definitely. and all that stuff has absolutely skyrocketed. Definitely. And there's, you know, to, to kind of, to kind of preface, preface the, the dynamic of, of Brent and I's relationship as business partners, you know, Brent, like I said, Brent was doing this stuff 2013, 2014, 2015. Um, I didn't get start, started fighting bulls till, till 2017, uh, February of 2017 is when, when I fought my first pen of bulls and so, and, and hooked up was created shortly after. So for, for a long time, uh, you kind of, well, you, you got both sides of the coin. You got, you got the one guy that's been involved in it at a very, before it was mainstream. And, and you got a guy like me who, who, because it was growing and become, starting to become popular, you know, I wanted to try it. 
and um so you kind of you kind of get both sides of the coin there with uh with brent and i yeah yeah no for sure and, and it's cool that's that's one thing i've always enjoyed about you know bullfighting and the freestyle world and, and calorie protection stuff like that is you know especially now with it becoming mainstream media and, and like what you just said gus you know, because it's becoming mainstream, more and more people are seeing it. And then you get people like uh, DeKevis Jordan at a, a Medill, Oklahoma. You know, he was a de- he was a, a college athlete and thought, you know what, I w- this looks cool. I want to go do it. And then you get to see people like like uh, uh, man uh, Rico Kwan, who's been starting to fight with the UBF, and, and I know there's a whole bunch of other people, uh, Dayton Spiel, and and all them other guys that thought, oh, you know, this is cool, Just to, so I'm going to go try it out. And so it's super cool seeing all these different types of people. And, and you know, because okay. back in the day, it used to be just, you know, rough cowboys, you know, rough and tough cowboys sure. type of stuff. And, and now you get to see all these different types of characters, you know. You, 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 get, to pe- yeah. you get to see people like Justin Josie and – For sure. And, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's super cool to see all these different styles and, and, and techniques and, and the way they go about doing it. But uh, – but that's awesome. If there's anybody, if there's anybody to credit for uh, for a lot of growth, I'm going to give it to Josie. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Josie's done. Josie's done and gone more places and done more things and has weathered the highs and lows more than a lot of people. And uh, I don't know if he listens to this or not, but he's a uh, he's a big reason why the sports where it's at today, among a lot of other great people too. Yeah. But um, he's he's one that still wearing a pair of cleats that's doing more than, than a lot of guys are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and exactly what you just said, you know, you go back and you look at, you know, like you look at the past bullfighters and stuff like that. Bullfighters that made a big effect. And, you know, we look at like people like Skipper Voss and we look at Wickpeth and, you know, a lot of these guys like that. And, and, you know, I realize it's tough for people to see now, but I truthfully think here in 20, 30 years, I'm, when we're old and walk around with walkers and canes and stuff like that, we're going to look back and be able to tell the next generation about Justin Josie. Cause I, you're hundred percent right. The, the technique and the style he has studied so much going across the ocean and, and studying the actual art of it and understanding the footwork and, you know, literally becoming a matador uh, mentally in that arena. It, it's super cool to see someone like him and, uh, and the way he's influenced and you're hundred percent right. It's uh He's definitely a massive, influential uh, uh, person. I think a lot of people are going to talk about for years to come. And Josie, I, I, surely, I know I you're listening to this. So. <laughs> Josie, I know you're listening to this. Answer my phone call so I can bring on the podcast. <laughs> 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 I was supposed to have him on last week, but he had some stuff come up and it didn't work. But it's all good. So I am going to bash Josie now for the next 15 minutes because he did not answer my call. <laughs> but uh, but no. So let's talk. <laughs> yeah yeah. So let's talk about it. You you brought it up a little bit. Uh, you and Brent combined forces and uh, and you guys created what they call Hooked Up Enterprises, the one stop shop. Uh, talk about Hooked Up Enterprises. How it got started. Uh, who who kind of said to the other person, Hey, let's create this, or or how did it all get started? Dude, that's, you know, go ahead and start, and I'll, I'll take over later. Yeah, for sure. Um, so <laughs> Good teamwork, guys. Uh, I was living in uh, Spearfish in the Black Hills, and, and like I said, I, I asked Brent to come down to Colorado with me. And I don't know if it was a six- or nine-hour drive. I, I don't remember, but uh, we had some time. And between there, the car ride down and the car ride back, we're like, man, other than the BFO, you know, slinging jerseys and, and – uh, 
and animal paintball jerseys, there's, there's really no one making this stuff. Um, and so we just kind of wanted to start a brand. We just wanted to sell some stuff to, you know, for bullfighters at, uh, at a, uh, in just an easier way, I guess. Um, and, uh, you know, we started, we started off with some t-shirts and ball caps and, um, uh, <clears throat> to this, to this day, uh, we can we can pretty much take the credit for uh, the button up collar jersey that that everyone's wearing now. That was that's kind of Brent Brent's baby, but uh, so I would I would definitely credit the uh, the car ride down there to Colorado is where uh, hooked up kind of started and come from, and what it's grown into is beyond what I ever would have imagined. Yeah, for sure. That's and that's for sure. As you see, everyone wearing a collared shirt. Uh, and uh, so, good job, Brent. I'm I'm proud of you. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm telling you, this like, this soundboard has so many effects; it's crazy. <laughs> I told you I like making crowds cheer. That's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was. Uh, I guess to, to give a, a little bit more depth on it, if people are care if they want to know, I don't know. But um, we actually got, you know, when we were when we first started, we had nothing. You know, we were broke college kids, bull fighters, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, we didn't really have, you know, a pot of piss in, for lack of a better term. And, um, we, I had, a, I had a job at the time and, and we kind of pitched the idea to a couple of people and, uh, lucky guy that we sat in front of maybe a write off that year and gave us a little cash to get started with and buy some merch and kind of kicked us off. And we, uh, we're still fighting bulls at that time. Both of us were, he was just starting and I was kind of just about to be done with it. And, um, then we uh, kind of kept fighting some bulls and, and kind of shopped it around a little bit. And then once uh, once I kind of got a little bit uh, got a little bit older and I learned some more about you know business and that kind of thing, we really kind of doubled down and, and learned some new techniques and uh, learned some ways to make stuff. And, and then fell in love with um, you know I I I really enjoy creating um, you know guys this unique look. You know I I understand what they want because I was one for a while and. Uh, I understand that everybody wants to be their own brand, their own individual, and and we respect that, and we respect that for the the people we create stuff for, and the events we create things for as well. Because now we've kind of diversified into into helping produce events and help create better opportunities for not just bullfighters but all athletes. We've got a you know we've got some new products that we're going to drop here in March or so that um, are available to all Western athletes and of, of men and women both. So. Um, we're, we've, we've come a long way and we're doing, you know, we're always trying something different and, you know, I'd like to say the road has been, um, unpaved and, uh, and, uh, we've definitely, you know, had to steer course a little bit, but, uh, so far it's been, it's been a ride. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's, uh, that's one thing I really enjoy. Uh, you know, I'll be the first to admit, you know, when I first got started, I went to, uh, I typed in the Google and I ordered a hockey jersey. And uh, it was one of the little cheapo hockey, hockey jerseys you can order online or whatever, design your oh, own. I've, seen, I've and, seen it. Yeah, and I tell you what, that sewing gun was the hottest SOB in, oh, yeah. in Kansas on July when it's like 120-some degrees. Man, I tell you what, <laughs> yeah. I went from looking yeah, like we, Rosie O'Donnell at the beginning of the rodeo season to I was looking like real skinny. <laughs> I was trying to think yeah. of someone skinny. I was trying to think of someone skinny, but I can't come up with anyone. Josie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it really kind of took a foothold. You know, there wasn't really, you know, it took probably two and a half, three years for the entire, I'm going to call it a market of bullfighters to kind of accept the fact that that's the new norm, you know, and, uh, but it did. Uh, it, it started with, you know, one and then it had 10 and then there was 100 and then that there's, you know, 150. And now almost every guy that's, either wanting to fight bulls or fighting bulls there's a lot of people that buy them that ain't ever going to put a pair of cleats on they just want to have one or they want to be one or whatever but um but there's also a lot of guys that that hustle and do it and and those are the guys that we try to you know take care of and and, uh and and do but yeah it's really it's really kind of uh been an interesting look to see how it and it kind of goes along with with rodeo in general right because if you look around and you talk about how they you know the sport of bullfighting is evolving well all the other events are evolving too you know you're seeing you're seeing uh athletics become more prevalent than just cowboy and you know i, I was listening to the gauge the other day and they were, i think it was toughness or whatever was talking about uh you know them guys and versus you know the old cowboys that were you know gritty and tough and that's all they that's all they did and that's all they knew but now there's guys that are in the gym every day hours a day and and so, you know, you're seeing that plus you're seeing the more, more higher scale events. You look at the American and the NFR at Globe Life this year. And, um, I guess some of the other bigger notable rodeos, some of the things they do within the rodeos, the way they make it look, sound, feel, you know, kind of the, the five senses that it hits you with when you show up. Um, we try to, we're trying to hit some of those five senses, you know, and it, it takes, it comes full circle from, from the jerseys the guys wear looking good to the, the way the arena looks to the way the sound sounds to the guy the way the guys ride the way the bulls bust the whole thing it's all it's all one or long one big orchestrated band. yeah no for sure for sure and, and it's crazy you know you, you alluded to it earlier you know them jerseys you know the the different types of jerseys that you're making and the different styles and, and everyone has their own style and, and and you made the comment about everyone's kind trying to uh expand their personal brand stuff like that and and man mm-hmm. it, it truly blows my mind uh how many people recognize me from my jersey or they recognize me from my logo on the back or they recognize me because of storm and norman or you know just anything like that and it's crazy it's just simple stuff like that and, and in a society uh where we are living now where everyone has their phone in their hand or a camera in their hand and pictures are constantly being taken you know it, it's it's where you guys come in really handy because, you know, those jerseys get pictures posted all over. And so it's marketing each bullfighter clown, you know, who's ever wearing your jerseys. And even like your arena wrap uh, that you were talking about a little bit, uh, you know, it just makes everything look so professional and crisp and gives it that cool look. And, and it, it can make, you know, it can make your sponsors go from feeling like a $50 sponsor to a $1,500 sponsor. Uh, just having yep. such a clean, crisp, uh, professional look to it—that's for sure. Yep. Yeah, and like the, you know, the, the that you just hit the nail on the head, right? So, yes, you know, the athletes care about you know how they look and what they want to wear, but on the other side of it, they're not always the ones buying. Them. Um, you know, a lot of the people that are buying them are event producers. You know, you look at places like the National High School Final, the NFR, you know, Rodeo Houston, Rodeo Austin, all of those bigger rodeos. Well, they have to have their own, and they've probably got sponsors. You know, if you spend, if, if you go out and spend a little bit of extra money to make that, to show that sponsor that you care about their donate or their, you know, their contribution to the rodeo and, yeah. and, uh, and what they've done and you, you can show that you've gone that extra mile, you're right. They do feel like they've, they've really done something, you know, and then to take it one step further and give them a, a top notch experience when they're at the show, that's how you really hit them home, you know, and that's, yeah. that's 
that's what creating the better opportunities is all about. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's giving, you know, whoever's writing that check or, or sponsoring you, it's, it's giving them the most value for their money as you possibly can. And, and you know, it might start with a Jersey and, and, you know, if, <clears throat> if you keep that relationship as good as you can and you work as hard as you can for that sponsor, then, you know, who's to say next year, the, the, the check might double, you yeah. know, and it can start with simply looking good in, in the arena. Yeah. hundred percent. And especially, I think it means more now than ever coming off a year like 2020, where there's a lot of people that are feeling the effects of 2020, where they're, they're they want to spend, they don't want to spend all that terribly much money, but they want, you know, as much rep- uh, representation as possible uh, because they need that recovery from what 2020 took away from. And yeah, l- looking clean, crisp and, and sharp like that, like you guys provide helps a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. I haven't quite gotten to the point yet where I, where these committees are buying the jerseys for me. So I'm working on it, fellas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. You bet. I'm keep on, I'm working on, uh, uh, the NFR to like hire me yet, but they, they just say I'm not good enough yet, but it's, it's cool. I mean, I get it. <laughs> I get it. My ex-girlfriend well, said the same thing. So, so do I call Vegas or they call me? I'll go <laughs> yeah. Man, I've left, I've left 15 voicemails and no one answers. <laughs> Nobody answers. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, you know, I'm, I was lucky when I started fighting bulls that, you know, I had Brent, you know, pretty easily available to me. And, and he, I mean, he really mentored me, as, you know, from, from the word go and he's still doing it. He's still paying for it. He's paying for my college education every day. But, uh, you know, I, like, I'm glad he was there because I had, I had a style, um, to mimic, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to look like a clean cut bullfighter from the word go. And, um, you know, I didn't, a lot of guys when they start, you know, they, they kind of ask who they know and, and in the sport and, you know, well, where can I, where can I get a Jersey? And, um, so, you know, just even by word of mouth, um, we saw we saw a lot of potential in that itself uh, from early on, and and that's why you know just the jerseys alone have been so popular. And with the growth of bullfighting, you know the market market really opened up. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, for sure. And and you're 100 percent right. There's people always. I mean, you can go on Facebook and go to these bullfighters and barrel men or clowns or rodeo clown Facebook pages or whatever. And man, I'm telling you, if not every day, every other day. Someone post on there, where can you get a jersey? Where do y'all order your jerseys? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. And, and you know, we go back, and it kind of goes back to the evolution of, of Western sports and, and rodeo and stuff like that. You know, we go back to, you know, people like Wick Peth, who was fighting bulls one day and got tired of having his jeans restricted, so he cut his jeans up, and that's how he got the baggies. And, and, and you know, it's crazy we go from that to now we got bullfighters who, you know, it used to be looked uh, looked down upon on this athletic wear. And now you get to see, like, even on the rodeo, like on the rodeo entertainer side, you know, you get to see Robbie Hodges, Flint Rasmussen, uh, Rump, all these guys have gone athletic instead of wearing baggies. And so it's just crazy how much the evolution uh, of uh, – the the wear of what rodeo athletes or at least on the yeah, bullfight and, and rodeo I, side and i think it's going to keep rolling man. and i, I think it's uh i think it's going to keep heading this direction i think uh 
like I said, we've got we're working on to make them make shirts for for performer for athletes for bull riders, bronc riders, team ropers, barrel racers, breakaway ropers, female and male both. Uh, same same concept. It's a it's a custom built western shirt that's built to perform. You're not going to sweat through it like you sweat through a cinch cotton shirt. Uh, you can put your sponsor logos on it. You can get whatever pattern style initials on your collar whatever you want you know on it and uh and it's, it's built to perform it you know it's not built to wear out on the current town or wear to the bar you can if you want but it's built to it's built to to, to go to battle in you know it's built to work in so yeah. um we think we think it's going to kind of keep rolling that direction and we're gonna we're gonna kind of roll with it yeah no for sure and, and real quickly a, if my cinch rep is listening, I love you guys. Thank you for everything. He didn't mean that about the cinch shirts, okay? We love your shirts. Thank you very much. But, uh, <laughs> but yo, you got his phone number? You want to send that over to me? Yeah, I yeah. got you. Kind of tired of paying for jeans, also. <laughs> I, get, I get you, man. I get you. <laughs> I'll, I'll send it your way right now. <laughs> perfect. But, perfect. Uh, Beauty. But yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So you know. I, I want to talk about and this kind of, I, I didn't even think we were going to talk about this topic, but you know, Gus, you, you talked about Brent and, and, and his mentorship to you and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and for everyone that's listening, uh, that wants to get involved in the rodeo world, uh, whether it be bull riding, barebacks, you know, whatever, bullfighting, barrel men, you know, it, it is so important. And, I, and I'm glad you made a comment about it. it is so important to find you the correct mentor, uh, finding someone that is willing to mentor you, um, I've always been told, and, I, and I've always tried to tell people, if you want to be a world champion, surround yourself with world champion mentality people. And uh, and, and and like, like like you talked about, you know, the way Brant mentored you and, and pushed you and helped you, man, it's the same way. I, you know, I look at uh, I look at you know my relationship with like uh, Slim Garner, Robbie Hodges, Jason Farley, uh, uh, Liesel right before he passed away. You know, all them guys you get to take all their uh, a little bit from each one of them and what made them successful. And you get to learn from the mistakes that they all made, uh, that may have cost them, you know, instead of you having to make that mistake, you're able to learn from their mistakes. And man, it's so brutally important to find mentorship and anyone that's oh, not yeah. willing. I mean, yeah. if you, if you go and ask p- these people are willing to mentor you, there's just a lot of these people aren't, willing to go ask that's that's the big thing mm-hmm. is, is... Well, and it's a tough that's a tough question to ask somebody yeah uh, if, if, it, if you're if you're truly if that's what you really want and if you really want it because you got to really want it you know yeah. you can't you can't go to therapy if you're not willing to go to therapy right and i'm not saying you're going to therapy but you're asking for somebody to take a hold of your life a little bit for yeah. you you know and and Very point you in so. a direction so you gotta you gotta trust in them but you also gotta trust in yourself and really be ready mm-hmm. to to dive in for that too you know I, there's a lot of times there's a lot of times i've worked with people or or you know in some of the jobs i've had i've i've paid attention more of what i what i didn't think we should do or what i didn't think was right because i, I you know i watched it with my own two eyes and and kind of molded i think i molded more of my decisions based off of what i didn't like than what i did like yeah 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 you know and for <clears throat> for me just to kind of touch on on my story as a bullfighter, you know, um, you know, Brent, Brent fought bulls for what, seven, eight years, Brent. Yeah. Something like that. Seven and a half. Something like that. If you want to, if you yeah. want to get particular. Seven and three right. quarters. And, yeah. In, uh, you know, in that seventh year, he, he attained his PBR card and, uh, he started from scratch, you know, and, and he, he, I, I don't think he had a lot of mentors cause there wasn't a lot of guys doing it. 
um, for me, you know, I started, I started in February of 17 and, uh, in the summer of 2020, I, I obtained my, my PRCA permit and my PBR card in <clears throat> just shy of four years. And, uh, I really, I really don't think I had been there and done that as soon as, you know, as quickly as I did without a guy like Brent, um, you know, and, and a few other guys that, um, I met along the ways, but, um, you know, show, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It, it's really as simple as that. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Say that louder for the people in the back. <laughs> that. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, for sure. that, that is for darn sure. And that's, you know, everyone always asks me, you, you know, you can, you can tell the winners from the losers real fast and, and I'm going to break people's heart. There is losers in this world. Okay. I'm just going to tell you right oh, now, there is losers in this world. And, you know, you can tell, uh, I always tell it was funny because during the IFR, I was talking to a couple of buddies uh, down there, and, and we were talking about you know rodeo is one of the biggest uh, I I don't want to say like a petty game, but uh, uh, what's the word I'm hunting for? Uh, jealousy, one of the biggest jealousy games uh, there is. And and man, I tell you what, you know, like you said, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Uh, you 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 gotta have friends. And a support system that's willing to push you and lead you in the right direction, and and you know you're gonna find out uh, that maybe some of the people that you thought was pushing you in the right direction didn't push you in the right direction, and and, and like you said, that's I'm I'm so glad you said that. I, I love that saying. Show me your friends, and I'll show Absolutely. you your future. Hundred percent. Absolutely. 100%. And it started, you know, as as far as being a bullfighter and, you know, cause it's a business, you know, being a bullfighter and, and a barrel man, you know, anything in rodeo is, is a business at the end of the day. And, uh, you have to understand what you bring to the table, um, as far as, uh, value, you know, and, uh, what are you, what are you doing at home when you're not in the arena to, to increase the value of yourself in that arena when, when it's time to be there. Um, and that was, that was one of the biggest takeaways I've, I've gotten, from Brent, you know, is, is you're providing the service. Um, and, and when, when, when the cookie it crumbles, uh, are you going to be there? And, and so it goes far past anything you're doing in the arena, you know, being a good bullfighter starts at home, starts in the gym, starts at practice pens. Um, it's not just showing up, uh, and getting a check at the end of the day. hundred percent. hundred percent. I know you can't see this, but right now I'm standing up out of my chair and I'm clapping. <laughs> because <laughs> i 100 percent, i 100 percent. that's and that's what people don't realize is, is people want to understand um people understand why they're not succeeding uh man look at what you're doing at home and, and you're 100 percent right uh you know it's uh i was actually i was talking to farley uh i was talking to jason farley who's one of the greatest barrel men in the game and uh and him and i we were chit-chatting and, and man he says uh he he made a comment to me about uh, uh, if you want something bad enough, you'll work for it, and and man, that's you know like last year when I did the IFR, I lost to Farley by just a couple of points, and, and man, you know that loss right there, that a short term loss was a big time gain because man, it made Absolutely. me so hungry to I want to come back and win it the next year, and that and that's what I was able to do. Fortunately, very thankful for it, and. Uh, and man, and like like you said, if you want something, you'll work for it. And that's and you made the comment about what you're doing at home and stuff like that, and and the gym and stuff like that, and 
And man, that's what people don't realize. And I, and I talked about it a little bit earlier is our society is so driven through media and word of mouth and stuff like that, man, these committees, if you want, if you want to be successful, man, you are a representation of your community, of your family, of your friends. And, and, and I mean, these, these, I get a chuckle out of these guys and girls and, and just people in general, whatever you want to identify as, that's a whole different story. But uh, anyways, uh, you know, these people, I get a chuckle. They want to sit there and they want to complain about why they're not getting hired and stuff like that. And I want to be like, man, go to your own Facebook page and read what you're posting. You are representing the game of, or the sport of rodeo and stuff like that. And man, oh, shoot. yeah. When, and when you're posting, when you're posting pictures and videos of, you driving 55 down the highway shirtless holding two Budweiser cans in your hand. You want to know why you're not getting hired, man, because you're, you're, you're more of a, uh, 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 what's the word I'm hunting for? You're not as big as asset as you are. Uh, gosh, dang it. Liability. Liability. There's my terms. <laughs> Fellas, it must, is it Monday? It feels like a Monday, <laughs> but yeah, man, if you, if you're not, if you're more of a liability than an asset, then why would they want to hire you? And that's, that's a hundred percent. It all starts at home. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of what's brought us here. Right. So, you know, when we, when we first started, when I was fighting bulls, uh, we started for providing value by simply paying attention. I think, you know, it, it wasn't a, you know, at, at, at that, at that time, it was more, you know, what do you need? Is there, is there bucking horses that need tied in? Is there, you know, something that needs unloaded. Is there some speakers that need moved? Is there, you know, a banner that needs rehung? Is there something going on to make that, what we can do to, what can we do to make this show better? Because ultimately you paid me to come here to help you put butts in those chairs and to, and to put on your rodeo and probably raise some money for a nonprofit or a local group or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so we, we started looking for ways to provide extra value and, and, pick up a shovel, carry a panel, you know, lock a pan. Don't check your ego. You carry that panel, yeah. put it on your back and set it down. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't sure. care who, I don't care who you are. If you, yeah. I've I produced enough events and I'd, I'd hire the best bull fighter in the world. If I asked him to move something, he told me to dead bent. I fire him on the spot. Yeah. No. Uh, if, if, you know, I mean like, don't get me wrong. Like I understand your job's your job and I'm not going to ask you to, you know, go outside your bounds. But if, if by God, if your friends need help, you help them, you know? Uh, so that's that's kind of our mantra, and we we're really really good about uh, really big about being being good to people, and and, and you know sometimes uh, situations can 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 go a little sideways, but for the most part, we really try to we really try to take care of everybody that we can, and, and go go as far as we possibly can to to do the right thing. No, and I I would like to say, um, you know the the first pro rodeo I fought um, was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, with the Corco crew. And if you're, if you're lucky enough to know the Corco, you know, they're great people and the hard workers, but they ain't sure like to have a good time. Um, and, uh, uh, we went out and had a good time the first night and the next day at 5am I was packing panels, setting up the arena. And that was, uh, that was a rude awakening for old Gus. <laughs> you know, I thought, okay, I'm here. I made it. We're at the, we're at the PRCA level. Surely bullfighters don't pack panels. And, uh, I was mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I always got a chuckle. Uh, Andy North and I we were chit chatting a couple of weeks ago when him and I were uh, talking. I love, I love Andy. Man, he is honestly guy. If if anyone ever gets the chance to just stop and chit chat with Andy, don't tell him Ty sent you. But <laughs> but just 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 <laughs> listen wouldn't. to him. Just listen yeah. to him because I mean that that man is literally 
spitting truth and gold. And, yeah, and I had the I I, uh, I had the opportunity to travel with Andy for about six or so weeks, maybe maybe four, uh, about a month in 2018. We were with the BFO, and I mean, we lived in the same hotel room together for a while. And I got the opportunity to listen teach, listen to him teach, uh, teach some college classes. I think he he taught principals that wanted to become or teachers that wanted to become principals if i remember correctly yep uh and and it was just astonishing to listen to uh the guy talk about people and and uh and being good and behavior and what it meant for society and what your you know how cause and effect works within you know a group of people and things like that it was just it was crazy to listen to the guy the same guy that I watched pick a fighting bull from 75 feet away by picking up his barrel to tell, to tell a group of people that, you know, the way they're living their life is, is, you know, needs to be for the common good and needs to be for, uh, you know, needs to be lived in, in truth. Uh, it was, man, it was awesome. Uh, Andy was a, Andy was a big role model of mine for a long time. Still is. Yeah. No, that's, uh, man, I, you literally just took the words right out of my mouth. Cause that's, that's what I was exactly getting ready to say. You know, you sit there, and you meet Andy, and you just listen to him talking, and it's crazy to think that this is the same dude that picks up an 80-pound can or 80-pound aluminum barrel, and literally goes and does the craziest stuff. That I sit there and I watch him, and I'm like, dude, you are wanting to die. Like <laughs> the stuff, like to literally put your foot on top of a fighting bull's head while he's sitting there smoking colt odor. And you're you're gonna step off the bull's head while you're still got in the can. I mean, I've literally, I've never seen someone try to. I mean, he literally ran that can in, jumped up in the air to throw yep. that barrel up on yep. top of that bull's head, so that bull yep. would pick up his head and leave Colt alone. And I honestly gotta think that, that saved Colt's life because if not, that Mexican would have still two three years later still been just smoking him. And, yeah. I, I, Andy's got a warrior mentality. Uh, Andy's a savage. If you've ever seen it, have you ever seen Andy get really mad? <laughs> Dude, that's one man I don't want to ever see. Mad. <laughs> I, I've, I've watched him. I've, I've been, uh, I've been grabbed by the collar by Andy. By Andy Norris. I'm proud to say that. And, uh, it was the scariest thing that's ever happened to me in my life, I think. You, you saw yeah. Jesus walking back down and saying, come my son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he said, he said, oh, just kidding. Andy, let you go. All right. Well, better luck next time. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I've always. Yeah, uh, go ahead. I got a I got I got a question for you, Ty. I know I know sometimes during the interviewing process it's helpful if the interviewee asks you know a few <laughs> questions. It, it can be a, a helpful tool. Um, What's up? Kind of fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, when it comes to steel or aluminum? What are you rocking and why? You know what's the difference? I, I I've I've always it's been a long debate and I, I've never really understood yeah. other than one being light. Yeah, yeah, so you're only as good as your protection. Yeah, so uh, when I first started out, uh, I bought a barrel from a company, uh, uh, Sankey's, and I bought a steel barrel, uh, A, because I didn't know any better, and B, it could get to me the quickest before my first event. And uh, so I bought this barrel that came out of, like, Minnesota or something like that. Anyways, a semi, a 53-foot uh, trailer and semi pulled into my front yard and dropped off this 290-some pound barrel, okay? I took that barrel to Texarkana down there to the uh, TJ and Son Buckingstock sale, and Joey Hackett put on a uh, uh, a barrel man clinic slash uh, cowboy protection match, da-da-da. Anyways, 
10 bulls in my hands were bleeding my shins were bleeding it was horrible okay like i it was bad like i was ready to quit like i didn't want to get do this and and nigel harvey and john griffith could both attest to this like i mean it was horrible well then nigel uh nigel had uh i don't remember whose barrel it was i want to say andy burrell's uh old barrel or something like that anyway it was a lighter uh steel barrel that i used for the rest of those two days well uh garrett riles had a aluminum, a step broke aluminum barrel there that weighed 130 pounds. And I picked up, I was like, dude, this is so light. Like I can run everywhere with this thing. And, uh, and I was like, man, like if I actually want to take this seriously, I got to get rid of the steel barrel. So that's what I did. I got rid of the steel barrel and, uh, uh, oh, I, I bought the aluminum barrel and I took the steel barrel up to Cody, Wyoming with me. And, uh, I met a kid up there, uh, uh Zach, uh, Zach Cook, who is going to be a phenomenal rodeo clown. He he just got started up there this last summer uh, because they needed a rodeo clown, so he kind of stepped in. Uh, I met him. I met him up there this summer. Yeah, at Tuck School. He's yeah. a he's a funny dude. Yeah, great dude, <laughs> great dude. And uh, and I always tell him that he's going to become famous, and he better not forget me. But uh, <laughs> but uh, so I, I I gave him that steel barrel. I was like, man, that's a good start for you up there. Like keeps you safe because if y'all have ever been up to Cody. And you see the barrel that's up there, man, like it's for people go to die. Like yeah, super sketchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Su- super sketchy. So anyways, long story short, I, sorry, I got off of the question here. I apologize. But, uh, uh, anyways, uh, I went back to the, that 130 pound aluminum barrel and man, I just felt quick with it and I was able to be, be, uh, be way more effective. And I, like, I'm not a super strong dude. I've never been athletic. I wasn't like a, I wasn't like an all pro football player. I, I sucked at cross country. I, I ran a 30 minute 5k in cross country. Like I was that fat kid that ran at the end that everyone would clap for because I felt sorry for him. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so like, I just need that lighter barrel. Um, but now, uh, I pack, uh, Andy Norse gnarly barrel that they call, uh, his, uh, Caldwell barrel that he calls gnarly. And that thing weighs 82 pounds. And, uh, and man, I, I love that thing. You know, I, I was down at the IFR sale with it. And, and I got such a chuckle because uh, I picked up my barrel and I took off running uh, after a bull and I passed uh, Bryce Redo. Bryce was jogging to this bull <laughs> and I passed him. <laughs> and I just made fun. I was like, you too slow, bruh. You too slow. But, uh, man. North, North, North style is nice. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. That, that barrel actually didn't have a floor in it uh, until yep. right before I bought it. Uh, they put a floor in it, which... I could not imagine not having a floor. I just, uh, I it's just a mental. And Andy says it's just a mental deal. Like if you really what think is, about it, we what don't. What is that? I, I don't know what that is. The floor. The floor. Yeah. Something you stand on. Yeah. So that that floor is that little piece. It's a. Uh, it's about a three four inch of uh piece of metal above the cutout. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah okay. Right below your bottom, okay. or right above your bottom rim, uh, or gotcha. right below your bottom uh, of the belly. Uh, just. Sure enough. You know, gives us uh, a little extra protection or whatever if a horn comes in the bomb side or whatever. But uh, I've never, I've never climbed in one because I was pretty pretty sure I, I wouldn't be able to squeeze back out. But <laughs> hey, if you be, if you believe, I got enough oil. We can get you in, buddy. <laughs> Dude, I, it just goes back to I was working. Uh, it was my second year fighting bulls, and I was I was in Allendale, North Dakota, and I was within uh, the hometown the hometown rodeo, and this was. Brett had come to it one year. Uh, this was the year prior. And uh, I laid the barrel down, and I, I didn't know anything about working a barrel. Yeah. Um, 
and the barrel man crawled out of it while well, I had it laid down. And, uh, I was like, y- you know what, if, if I don't know what I'm doing and he doesn't know what I'm doing, this is going to be a bad deal. So <laughs> I, I, uh, I just really haven't, I, I'm not a guy that uses the barrel a lot, but it, and dang sure when you got a good guy packing it, um, you definitely know he's there. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I uh, thought you were the bull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is hitting me? <laughs> you know, mo- you see a lot of these bullfighters that use the barrel. And, and these bulls smoke these barrels, and the guys are, you know, riding it on their belly and, you know, getting flung 10, 15 back. And, and Gus was on the other side of this barrel, and this bull hit it, and the bull fell down. What the hell was <laughs> <Yeah>. that? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny, man, and Brent, Brent will tell you firsthand, you know, being being as tall as I am, uh, I would say the only the only guy that really stands next to me would be Dayton Spiel, and I think he's 6'7". Yeah. Um, he's a big boy. You know, there's a there's been bulls that'll square up to me and you're like, Oh cool. I'm going to break one down and sell some tickets. And they'll, and they'll just, they'll look at you and go, Nope, I ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's for darn sure. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, the, and to, to answer your question, I guess I keep on getting away from it, but, uh, to answer your question on the aluminum steel deal is a lot of it's just comfortability. Uh, I guess what you're using it for, uh, I, I, I firmly believe, uh, and having someone that has the ability to pack a barrel, uh, I, I think it really, you know, it may not be a big deal on these rodeos that there's only like eight, nine, ten guys entered in. Uh, but like you go to these events that there's forty some bull riders entered in, you know, I really believe if this barrel can save the bullfighters' legs and stuff like that if it's used properly. And if you have the guys, it can either be a big wreck or it can be a big help. I look at myself as being a alternate bullfighter, uh, the non-athletic one. And, uh, and man, a lot of it's just preference. I, I tell you what, I was in Texarkana, uh, back to that Texarkana deal. I was in Texarkana and I had, we were doing rotations of five or 10 bulls. I don't remember what it was. Uh, but anyways, it was the very last bull to sale. And, uh, and anyways, I had the very last bull. I was like, oh sweet. So I rolled my barrel in for that very last bull and I got in this barrel and, uh, and anyways, everyone just started laughing. I thought, why is everyone laughing? What's so funny? And, uh, anyways, Garrett Riles, and I can't remember who he's fighting with that year, ran up to me in my barrel. I was like, Hey, like, what's going on? Like, what's this bull going to do? And they just kind of hit me in the chest. Like, Hey man, like, like get ready. Cause you're fixing to get smoked and there's nothing we can do about it. I was like, huh? Oh yeah. yeah, Okay. Cool guys. You know, whatever. Just trying to get me all nervous. Well, then they run this bull in and he's, I start hearing the announcer, uh, or the, uh, uh, yeah, the, the auctioneer start talking. And it's talking about this half-blood Mexican that they're going to buck. And, I mean, this dude, this bull walks in this chute, and, I mean, big old clown stickers. And, I mean, this horns that look like they're going to shred me up and down. And, uh, and man, I tell you what, this bull came out, and whatever kid got on the bull, man, I, I don't think he even tried. He nodded his head, and he, like, hung on to the gate to make sure he was safe and uh, let go There's of that. There's a lot bull. of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is. And I tell you what, this bull, all, like, you know, normally there's just like two bullfighters in the arena, man. For this bull, every bullfighter was up on the fence, you know, waiting to jump in to help. And man, that bull came out of that chute, and his flank just dropped off. And as soon as I saw his flank drop off, I thought, oh, crap. Did that on yeah, I was like, crap. And I mean, this bull came and just smoked me. And I mean, he took me and took me and took me and took me, and I quit rolling, and I like it was dead silent. Like, I felt like I could hear, like, a pin drop. And I thought, like, I don't hear anyone. So I'm just kind of sitting is there. Is it all Evan? Ch- 
Huh? Yeah, is this is heaven? This heaven? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, is that you, Uncle Bobby? <laughs> no. And uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it was dead you silent. <laughs> yeah, heard that. And I look out of the top side of my, I look out of the right side of my barrel, uh, the top hole, and all of a sudden I just see this nose and this horn just come right in that barrel. And man, he just oh. drug me straight across. And ever since that whole deal, man, I fell in love. I mean, there is nothing greater than getting smoked. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, it's, it's a, you know, that's, like I said, you know, I was talking to a stock contractor a couple of weeks ago. Well, right after the IFR deal, he was texting me, congratulate me, whatever. And, and, uh, and I said, man, I said, I appreciate it. He says, you know, he says that barrel man deal is becoming a lost art. And it really is. Uh, and you know, like Gus just made the comment about it a little bit earlier is, and I, and I, I wish I could fix it. I wish I could figure out. And I know there's more and more schools coming about it, uh, but there's a lot of these schools that aren't teaching these kids, these young kids, how to work a barrel. And, uh, yeah. and man, I, I really do believe that uh, if, if you can work a barrel properly, man, it'll save your legs. And, and, and Brent, I, I don't know how you feel about them. Uh, but, uh, I've, been, I've been in one for about 30 head of bulls, and I ain't never doing it again. <laughs> uh, yeah. I got I got knocked around pretty good one day, and I will actually. Oh, there's a good school up here in North Dakota. Uh, Abrahamson Audio Company puts on a great school. Al Sandvold, Nate Justice, come teach it. Caleb Barrett, the boys from Montana, and by God, they will use a barrel. You'll ju- they'll jump over over a bull with a barrel twenty five times for the weekends over. Uh, they they put it to use. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, well, here's the thing. Every one of their bulls, um, you know how some contractors have one or two real scary ones in the pen. Yeah. That's all these guys have. <laughs> so, yeah. When it's, you know, when you're learning to fight bulls and, and it's one of them deals where, mm, come on, go, go make around with them. Uh, you have that opportunity on every bull you'll see at that school. And, uh, who, or is it Hollywood Harris or, or Tate Rhodes uh, helped with it uh, two years ago? Yeah, that was really I don't, good, Brent. I don't remember. I don't remember who did the barrelments. I know Hollywood was doing it for a while. I think Tate maybe came to help somebody. I don't know. I don't know the update. I don't know if they're scheduling it this year or not because of the whole COVID thing. But uh, it's one to watch out for for sure. It's probably usually pretty tough to get into, but uh, it's a it's a dang sure good school. Yeah, uh, Abrahamson Rodeo Company. If everybody anybody's listening that wants to check it out, it's a very very good school. I will plug them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For and sure. it's created a lot of good bullfighters out of there too. Man. You know, Justin, yes. Justin, Justin Ward, Tate Rhodes, um, Gus Cromberg, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of them legends. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Dude, I was listening and I caught, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> wait, get that yeah. plug in. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, you, I, you gotta love that about Gus. That's yeah. how he's so humble, you know? Yeah. Hey, it's I'm all, probably the it's most all about humble that, guy, you know. It's all about that marketing, man. You gotta get that marketing in, all right? It's a tough That's world. Right, it's a cutthroat yeah. world. But yeah, man. Right. But. That's that's for sure, and you know it's crazy, and I and I guess I really don't know because I'll be honest with you, you know I just started really getting familiar with this rodeo world in the last five years. I mean I always went to my local rodeo and, and enjoyed it, you know, growing up, but I, I didn't grow up in rodeo, and, and mm-hmm. it's just really consumed my life these last couple of years, and uh, but you know, and I don't know if there was that many back then, but man, if you want to, there's good schools to go to, and there's I mean there's bad schools out there, but but. You know, if you go and it's all about going back and, and that mentorship and stuff like that, these young guys go and get to these schools. You know, you can go, like you said, the school up there. Uh, you can go up to Cody, Wyoming every summer. And Dusty Tuckness 
you know, considerably one of the greatest of all time to ever strap him up, puts on a school there. Mm-hmm. Cody Webster yeah. puts a bull school on. Frank Newsom, uh, one of the dirtiest, toughest dudes in the world. Uh, go out east. If you're out east, uh, you know, North Carolina, whatever, hit up Chase Blythe. He puts on schools. John Roberts, uh, all them guys. Uh, you know, here in Kansas, we've got Daniel Unruh that puts schools on. Uh, man, that's, like I said, that's just – the, the working of the barrel has become a lost art, and it, and it stinks uh, yeah. because, you know, if you can work a barrel properly, it sells tickets because, you know, it's mm-hmm. so funny. You know, I, I go to these rodeos or whatever, and, and we get to the bull riding or whatever, and, and, and I at every performance I always ask, uh, uh, who's here to cheer on the Cowboys? And, you know, you'll hear no one. Like maybe like the bull rider's mom or like uh, mother-in-law <laughs> might clap, you know, but like literally no one will clap. And I'll be like, well, who's here to cheer on the Bulls? And you'll hear like a like a slight, slight, like clap, cheer, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, who's here to watch the Rodeo Clown get hit? And I mean, everyone just goes. <laughs> and I'm we like. want to see them wreck. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Y'all need Jesus. <laughs> you all yeah. need Jesus. Yeah. And uh, But, man, I mean, people love. I mean, it's just like NASCAR. You don't go to you don't go to a NASCAR race to watch them take a left hand turn eight hundred times and no one get hit. Everyone wants right. to see Tony Stewart wreck Kyle Busch and then someone get out of the car and punch someone. Like that's yeah, what we watch. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Well, no, Tony Tony Stewart clipped a guy with uh, with a car. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like a dirt track or something. Killed him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was uh, I forget about that. two two three years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, it comes, it comes back to that adding value thing. What's this? Go to the fans' want? Need to get both? Yeah, I don't think it works yeah. that way. I mean, I'm with you guys, hey. but, but whatever. Yeah, sure can. Sure can. Go out and take a hook and I'll give you an extra 50 bucks. I want to, because Brent brought it, brought it up again, um, he's a guy that preaches value and, and having value. And um, I want to I want to ask him, um, as a, as a bullfighter that, you know, maybe hasn't been doing it that long or has been doing it that long and is maybe seeking a sponsor or something. Maybe let's touch on, uh, since we're here touching on, uh, you know, when guys send us sponsors messages or, or ask for free jerseys and stuff like that. Like, like, I want to know what you feel. I want, I want everyone else to hear it. Yeah. 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 Sure. No, I, I'm, yeah. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you brought this up. Cause it was actually exactly what I was going to ask you next, but go ahead. Take it away, boys. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, you know, there's differing opinions on it and whatever, but uh, our biggest thing is, and this isn't just for, for, for HU or for, you know, any of our brands or anything else, it's just in general. Uh, you know, what goes around comes around, and, and at the end of the day, when it comes to producing events for you to go to, for you to fight bulls at, so you can show off to your sponsors, one of those events got to happen, right? So, again... What can, what can I do to make you put on a better show? It go, it comes down to being a good person. You know, if, if, if you're, you know, putting on an ice cream stand and you sell five, you know, five, five things, ice, five ice cream cones to the girls down the street and those girls down the street tell their five friends, well, now you sold 10 and they sold 20. And the same thing goes when you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. Uh, it's, it's really big about being a good person. And, and if you're, if you're in the, if you're in the avenue to be looking for sponsors or to think that you're ready to provide value to sponsors, you need to look at what is that sponsor need? You know, uh, if, 
if I'm, if I, hypothetically speaking, if I was a bullfighter, um, Gus and I have been talking about a good one. I won't give it away, but, um, if I was a bullfighter looking for, you know, looking for an endorsement and I felt like I was to the point where I could do him some good, you know, Hey, I've, I've, you know, I've got some accolades. I've been doing it a while. I feel pretty handy and want some buckles, whatever. Uh, you know, it's, it's one about what can you bring to the table and what are you going to do for them to make their money worth that investment? And sometimes it's free clothes and sometimes it's money and sometimes it's, uh, you know, cheaper payments on a pickup. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, free dry cleaning. You know, when I was going, I was always trying to look for, you know, where could I go get a sponsor from where I could actually like probably give them their, their money back and then, you know, uh, when guys reach out to us, my biggest thing is, is man, I'm, I'm the first guy to reach out and help you, especially if you're, if you're helping us, you know, if you, if you're going to bring us a big rodeo that's, you know, that's wanting to make a bunch of stuff, yeah, I'll make you, you know, a couple of jerseys for whatever, you know, it's, but, but if you come to me saying, you know, how can I get sponsored? Well, man, I'm not even going to answer that, uh, because that's a, that's an open-ended question. It's, you know, it's more about looking at really deeply what you can do or what you have around you, uh, and paying attention to what you can do for, for those sponsors to, to really show them that what they've done for you was worth it, you know? show up to them to their to their place of business and sign autographs once in a while do a radio spot yeah you got their logo on your jersey but did you know maybe they paid you 1500 bucks for the month or the year or whatever you know did they get their return on their investment because at the end of the year when their accountant goes to look over their books that's what they're going to look at you know and mm-hmm. if the guy across the table says yes then you're going to get it again next year maybe even some more yeah. Um, you know that's what it really boils down to that's what makes the world go around that's just that's just business you know mm-hmm. you got to you got to get along to go along. Um, and that's, 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 that's in, that's in every company for every sport and, and all that, you know, but you know, I'm not saying there's not some, some teams out there that, uh, that have an endorsement team to have endorsement teams with the youth and whatever. And that's all great too. But, uh, if you're talking about really providing real value for real people, uh, you really got to look at, you know, what, what can I do as a person? Maybe you've got a, uh, you know, Tanner Zarnetsky, I'm going to use him as an example. Cause he's got, he's a guy that's got a diesel shop, right? Yeah. And he works his ass off and they got a lot of business going on. They can't even keep up. He probably still, he's probably still there tonight. He'll be there till midnight tonight, probably, you know, um, you know, that's the kind of guy where is it like, if I'm a bullfighter and, and, and I've got, maybe I've already got a relationship with Tanner and don't go blowing Tanner's phone up because he's going to be mad at me, but, uh, but you know, but <laughs> go you know, blow Tanner's if, phone but up. <laughs> if, yeah. But, but what if, but what if your brother's got a, you know, what if your brother's got a farm or ranch or you've got, uh, you know, some friends that got, a, that got, uh, you know, a fleet of truck, you know, and, oh, where do you get your oil changes done at? Well, talk to my buddy Tanner. Well, now that 500 bucks that Tanner just gave you to sponsor your bullfight team at the at protection match, he just made $4,000 on because he brought four trucks to your shop. Yeah. Now he's happy. Yeah. Oh, it's more than that. Well, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> good. They don't work whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what I mean? I mean, the numbers are whatever, sure. but. You yeah. know, it's the principle, you know, it's, that's, that's what I'm talking about is, you know, you use, use what you've got around you to provide value for those people. And then, then you'll get them and you'll continue to get them and you'll keep them, you yeah. know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's for sure. And, Cause you, you hear so many people, you know, everyone wants to know, everyone wants to talk about, Oh, how do I get sponsorships? You know, how do I get American hat to sponsor me? How do I get, you know, whatever, all these big name, uh, or even small name. It don't matter what, you know, in terms of scale wise, how big it is. You know, it don't matter whether they're giving you a fifty dollars sponsorship or whether they're giving you a, you know, a twenty five hundred dollars sponsorship. You gotta look at yourself in the mirror and be like, 
okay, if I was in their shoes, am I doing enough to earn that fifteen or that twenty five hundred dollar, uh, uh, you know, uh, sponsorship? Because you know they are they're they're taking a gamble on you, and like you know, it all goes back to the very beginning of this podcast when we talked about represent uh, representing, you know, representing your community, representing your family, stuff like that. You know, you're putting them logos on your shirts or whatever. Uh, you know, you're putting that company or that brand's name with you. And it all goes back to, you know, driving 65 down the highway with two Budweiser cans shirtless, you know. It all goes to what you post on social media, stuff like that. Everyone's watching. You know, your parents always told you growing up that they got eyes and ears everywhere. Man, it's honestly, guy, it's more true than ever because it all goes back to yeah, that social media. And it's not just your parents that are watching either. Yeah, no. Know? Hundred percent, hundred. And I was actually, I was just talking to, uh, uh, I was just talking to a, a guy today at the truck dealership, and uh, and we were, we were joking around. I was telling him about uh, this last summer when I was up in Cody. I had a little mishap, and I had uh, one of my clown acts, uh, the bombs, misfired, and anyways, blew up on me. Long story short, spent some hours in the uh, burn unit there in Cody, Wyoming. Shout out to them at the Cody Medical Center. Thanks for helping me out. Y'all were great. But anyways, uh, uh. You know, it, it's, it was funny because I was telling my guy at the truck dealership, you know, something like that happened clear up in Cody, Wyoming. And, and you know, my stock contractor in Arkansas heard about it. So, like, like you may think that you're thousands of miles away, but, man, I'm telling you, news travels fast. And whether it's good news, bad news, like, it don't matter. Yeah. And the world is really small, especially the world that we live in and that we operate in. Oh, that's yeah, sorry. That the, the bad, you know, what do they what do they say on Letterkenny? Bad gas travels fast or something like that. No, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I gotta ask you this time. Did you have a uh, did you have a good accident policy at the time? Say say that one more time. <laughs> uh, did you have a good accident policy? The policies I sell uh, covers burns actually, uh, dislocations, fractures. Uh, they're tax free. <laughs> they pay in uh, at least a week or two. And if you're rodeoing, you should uh, you should get one hauling around me. I'll set you up. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Gus. Is that a plug? Or I didn't need to do that. Perfect. <laughs> go, go ahead and get your plug in, Gus. Tell everyone what kind of insurance go. you're hitting up. <laughs> if uh, if you if you hit me up and you write a policy or I write one for you, I'll give you twenty bucks. Hey, <laughs> so hey, Brent, were you just listening to that? Does that mean that uh, Beyond the Paint podcast yeah. now gets a sponsorship from Gus's insurance company? Well, I mean, I'm not getting you. Hey, we did create a coupon. We did create a coupon code for for all the listeners. So. Oh, okay. You yeah. brought you brought it up. Go ahead, hit them with it. Go yeah, ahead, Brent. So we did we did make uh, for anybody that's listening to to Ty's podcast. We made a we made a fifteen percent off coupon code for the website. Stormin Norman, all lowercase, no G on Stormin. Stormin Norman, S T O R M I N N O R M A N. Check out, save you fifteen percent. Whatever you want. <laughs> so that 15 percent perfect <laughs> that that is gnarly that is you guys that is sweet yeah. you know what we should do we should do uh we should do a bullfighting school and then we should also do a sales class i got i feel like we got dude let's go honest to god because like that's that's the thing is a lot of these people don't realize you know your rodeo career is only so long like once your rodeo careers like i i don't i how do i say it let me reword that like a bullfighting career is so long. There's not very many people out there like Frank Newsom who can do it for 80 years. It feels unless, like it feels like Frank unless, doing it for <laughs> unless you're Frank Newsom, Rowdy Barry, or Dusty Tuckness, your your days are numbered. Yeah, yeah. That's and, and that's and that's 
that's one thing I really want to work on. And I'm really glad you just made the comment about it. You know, I had a good friend of mine that asked me, like, Ty, when you get done rodeoing, what are you going to do? Like, what's your game plan post-rodeo? And I was like, man, I don't know. Like, right now, I just want a rodeo. And, you know, and you go and you ask all these rodeo athletes, go and ask every bull rider, what, what are they going to do when they're done bull riding? Well, I don't know. I just want to ride bulls and punch fools. And, and, yeah, and, and, and no, like, yeah. like you got to think about that because, man, eventually for 95%, although only 2% should, but for 95% of these athletes, man, once they get done rodeoing, they're going to become – parents they're going to start a family they're going to, have to do something and don't just be i i say this nicely and i'm going to ruffle feather saying it but don't just be a dumb cowboy mm-hmm. like and i, and I say yeah, you watch your mouth <laughs> i mean that the most <laughs> i mean that in the most loving way but like like you gotta be you gotta have a plan afterwards and i'm so glad that brent just made that comment about it you know doing uh marketing sales something like that like you gotta figure out something because there's so many guys right. that are just like, man, I just want to ride bulls. I just want to spur Bronx. I just want to give them a full nine ounce dosage of iron. I'm like, man, like, yeah. And, and if I mean, if you can do that, more power to you, man. Money will come rolling in your way. But yeah. if you can't, you gotta come up somehow. Yeah. Well, and you know, look, when that day comes, or you know, try to plan ahead by about five five years or so. But look at look at what you know. And if you're riding bulls, fight bulls, back in a barrel, team roping, whatever. Look, look, and see if you can't find a way to benefit those guys that are still doing it. You know, so for me, selling accident plans to roughies and cowboys <laughs> that make their living, not being hurt, then then that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Um. You know, Brett and I have hooked up enterprises, and and so we're always going to be a part of that community. But, um, do it. Go with what you know. Honestly, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. I. I couldn't. Yeah, I, I go move it. I can't disagree with that one. Can't disagree with that one at all. But, uh, but man, fellas, anything else? Did we miss anything? Dude, I don't know. I wanna, I wanna hear everyone's favorite rodeo story, and then that'll probably. I, don't know. I like it. I like it. All right, Brent, go ahead. Start it off. What's your favorite rodeo story? What's your favorite rodeo memory? Uh, uh, any from any facet, doing anything? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Man, it's it's, what, it's. I mean, is it's, there any confines here? It's it's. And uh, if if I've got a top memory, it was last August. During 2020, doing what we did, uh, I'm, I'm going to give it two of them, and I'm going to I'm going to pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> I don't, and that's something I don't usually do. Uh, yeah. We humbly produced, yeah, well, I got it from you. Uh, <laughs> we got uh, we produced uh, we helped produce a couple of events here in North Dakota last year that uh, were never going to happen, and uh, had every every ounce of negativity against it. And no matter what the odds, we pulled through and put on two incredible, uh, two incredible events. One of which being a little bull riding in Golden Valley, North Dakota, that you had to be 84 and a half to make it to the short round in, uh, on an old football field in a town of 120 people. And, uh, it was, I remember standing on top of the bucket shoot, pumping my fist, screaming at the top of my lungs, losing my voice. I was having so much fun. And, uh, and just, just to have, have a capacity crowd in a year like that with all that going on, uh, to help be, help be a helping hand and making that happen. That, that's cool. That, that was all I needed. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, who'd you have for uh, a barrel man there? Uh, Tate Rhodes came up there for us and we did, uh, I've actually got a spit above my head right now. He did a, a, a 
the hat cleaning act. I think he, he goes to clean somebody's one of the bullfighters' hats and blows it up. And uh, I got, I have the remnants of that old American hat above me right now. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, I, I see how it is. It's cool. Okay, so uh, Brent's now <laughs> muted. So uh, Gus, go ahead. <laughs> Man, uh, I'm kidding, yeah, Brent. You're not mine, muted. <laughs> I think mine. Uh, I don't know. Shoot, I was fighting uh, Mean Zane Lewis for fighting the high school rodeo for Byron Juma. And if you know anything about Byron's pen, they're all pretty evil. And uh, <laughs> ended up ended up getting my leg broke. Brent and I were actually living together and uh, went home. I was working just a ranch hand job and went home and got fired. And we were both out on our butt. We were living in this guy's house. Uh, broke, didn't have any money, didn't know any other way to live. And so I had a, had a pretty full summer rodeos book. And uh, like I said, uh, broke and jobless and i actually ended up moving in with nate and dave morrison if you know uh if you know nate he runs the breeders connection there's a little plug for him uh moved in with those guys and i think it might have been two three weeks after breaking my fibula uh i was so broke i had to go fight a rodeo and uh fought bulls with a seriously broken leg <laughs> and Golly. uh brent brent said it to me the other day um uh, and it was just one of them dig dig deeper moments and if this is what i'm going to do and this is how i'm going to make my money well then <laughs> by god i'm going to do it so that was a that was kind of one of them uh how did, well, i don't even know what you'd call it kind of green light a <laughs> green light yeah yeah go listen to that by matthew mcconaughey that'll change your life Facts. Green light. Facts. Um, good plug there that's a good man we're all about plugs on this podcast today <laughs> folks that's all i do all day long is plug, definitely <laughs> but you know, for me, that was that was one of those defining moments in my career. Um, and whenever I'm fighting my head a little bit, uh, you know, like this summer, I got kicked in the head, um, rattled me pretty bad. I got some stitches. The injury itself wasn't really all that bad, but um, till the end of my season, and and even up until probably New Year's, I just been fighting my head, been been scared to get around anything hot, and 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 I called Brent, one of the mentor things. He goes, you know what? You just got to dig a little deeper. And uh, that's what I've been doing, and I'm excited. I'm excited for a new year and a bunch of new rodeos to go go set the bar even higher. Heck yeah, heck yeah, right on, right on. I'd have to say, uh, oh man, probably craziest, greatest. I don't know, man, greatest. Uh, man, I, I tell you what, there's actually, uh, uh, man, my my time up in Cody was probably one of the best things that's benefited me uh, in terms of my uh, you know barrel man career stuff like that. You know, I went up to Cody this last summer, uh, 2020 being a weird year. Uh, you know, we were only allowed to have 25, 30% people. And for any of y'all that ever been up to Cody, uh, Cody is a huge arena. Like, you can sit a lot of people. Like, I want to say it's like 7,000, 7, 8,000. Maybe it's more than that. But, uh, but man, we were only allowed to sit like 25%. So it was like 600 people. and uh, Or maybe it was 10%. I don't remember what it was. But anyways, it was like 600 people. And, uh, and man, like... It didn't come easy. Like I, I, I've, I've never fought my head so much. Uh, things just weren't coming naturally, and, and I just had such a high expectation and stuff like that. And, uh, and actually, TJ Williams, who was the uh, barrel man for the IFR Fifty One, uh, the first man ever to announce and uh, be an announcer for the IFR and also be a barrel man for the IFR. TJ, there's your plug. And, 
And anyways, he called me and, uh, or I called him and I told him, I was like, man, like I'm fighting my head. Like I, nothing's going right. My jokes suck. I'm not even laughing. Like it's bad. And he said, man, he says, it's the same thing. He says, you got to dig deep. Like, like you're trying to force it. Just let it flow. Like you're naturally funny stuff like that. And, and man, once I, once I, I don't want to say like not give a damn anymore because I did, I did care. Like I honest to God, I cared, but like, I didn't care about everyone else's opinion. I just went out, did my thing. And, uh, and man, just mentally, like, like it developed, it helped develop me so much, uh, because it's, it's tough when you, when you're in front of a crowd 10 days straight or like up there, I was up there for 30 days, like 10 or three stents of 10 days. That's tough. Like, because you got to try to come up with new stuff because, you know, up there, there's a lot of people that are new every night, but there's also a lot of people that come pretty close every night. And, uh, mm-hmm. so man, that's going up to Cody was probably one of the best things, best experiences for me. That's for darn sure. And it was, when were you up there, Ty? Uh, I was up there June 20th to 30th, uh, 31st, I think. Uh, then I drove down to Oklahoma for my rodeos, uh, on July 4th. Uh, then I was back up there July, shoot, July 16th to the 26th. Then I drove back down to Oklahoma and then I was back up there August 2nd to August 12th. Hmm. I must, uh, I went out to, uh, the first one of tax schools that summer. Yep. Um, yep. I, I, I bet I, yeah. Cause I come from Mandan. I pulled into Cody early, early, uh, on the morning of July 5th. So I must've just missed you. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, because I think, I believe, uh, Brent, correct me if I'm wrong, but, I, uh, cause at the time, uh, y'all were working on a Jersey for me and Brent's like, well, if it gets done in time, I'll just send it with, uh, with Gus up to Cody. But, but I oh, end up yeah. heading south. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yep, I do remember that. Now. Yeah. That yep. was, man, that was probably one of the highlights of my year also. Other, you know, and I was lucky enough to, to be a bullfighter at that Golden Valley bull riding. And Brent, I mean, everything that Brent had to say about it was spot on. It was, it was fun. I almost heat stroke and died. Uh, but other than that, it was pretty good. Yeah. Or that's it. minor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, that deal and Cody, and, and if you ever get the chance to, to go to one of Tuck's school, man, it's, it's eye opening. And, um, it was cool because, you know, I, I saw Tuck after, I think, round three or four at the NFR and, and, uh, got to visit with him. And that's, you know, I think that's the, the probably the coolest part of the entire rodeo, the entire sport of rodeo is the accessibility to the best guys in the world and yeah. their willingness to help you. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's, you know, both of y'all, I think could attest to this, this game is all about, uh, who, you know, and it's a big oh, part, yeah. you know, and it's, it goes back to that marketing, goes back to that branching, making connections, stuff like that. You know, everyone always gives me a hard time and they're like, Oh, well, what are you going down here for? Like, Oh, I went down to, I stayed the entire week of the IFR. Well, why'd you stay on there the entire week? Well, to politic pretty much. I mean, and, and mm-hmm. politicking, politicking is such a bad word, I guess, because people, everyone looks at like, oh, Trump 2020, oh, Biden 2020, that kind of crap. But like, <laughs> like literally, it is all about shaking hands, meeting people, making that connections, you know, taking pictures, kissing babies, networking but don't kiss babies. Cause, word for it. What's that? Yeah. Networking would be the word you're looking for. Yeah, networking. That's politicking <laughs> sounds bad. Networking. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that's that's a that's huge part. Different, but same, same. <laughs> yeah, different, yeah, still different, but same. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and man, I, that's what I love about like this podcasting stuff is I have the ability to 
you know, bring like you two guys and come on. And I mean, spend over an hour and just sit here and chit chat. I mean, it literally feels like we've only been talking for like 10, 15 minutes and just get to talk about all these stories and share knowledge, stuff like that. And, and man, it's cool because, you know, like back to the IFR, when I was at the uh, belt buckle gala, you know, walking by and Cody Webster says, Oh, Hey Ty. I'm like, Whoa, you're Cody Webster. How do you know me? And like, and it's just, I mean, it's cool stuff like that because I, I mean, I'll argue with anyone that I truthfully think that Cody's one of the greatest ever to strap him up. But, uh, yeah, unequivocally. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But one last thing, fellas, and then I'll let you all go. I know it's getting late. Gus, I know it's past your bedtime. I'm sorry for keeping you up. Hey, I'm on mountain time. I'm running an hour before you guys. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Brent's girlfriend's probably staring at him like, get off the phone right now. Definitely. Hang on. Her her and my dog. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Brent, I got one question. All three of them waiting to get fed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Brent, I got one question. You still rocking the mustache? Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. Right on. You know I am. We're trying. <laughs> no, yeah. You got that. not a mustache. That's a, that's a couple of whistles. <laughs> well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. It was full and thicker than a snicker, but we got real bad wind up here in North Dakota. <laughs> and I'll be damned yeah. if half of it didn't just blow away on me. Yeah, Ain't that, that's a pretty little snicker, huh? <laughs> Ain't that just a booger? <laughs> Ain't that a booger? But one, one last question for you guys, and I'll let you all go. And, and, and guess, you know, you and I, we've only been in this for four so years, but, but, you know, Brent, especially, you know, what's one thing that, you know, what's one thing that you wish you could go back and tell a younger version of you? Like when you're first getting started at this deal, what's one thing you've learned now that you wish you could have told yourself back then? Um, oh man, there's a few of them. Uh, man, don't, uh. <laughs> um probably probably to 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 just to just do it uh you know there's a there's a good reason nike made billions of dollars off of that um you know there's a lot of ins and outs that, that could have been done differently you know there's a lot of things with college i wish i probably would have done differently but looking back at it it's all it's all led to where you are now and um i think just just to go for it and do follow your heart follow your passion and uh and uh, yeah, take that shot. Whatever, you know, live the moment. Yeah, wow. no, for sure. That could be sure. a poster. <laughs> Dude, I'm really telling good, you, friend. we're all about making posters tonight. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what, what what you got, Big Man? Man, uh, probably uh, you know don't don't take anything for granted, and and you hear it all the time, but it's it's honestly you know it's the truth. Um, um, don't you know look. If, if you're, if it's your first, second year fighting bulls, whatever, like, you know, and I'm not even that far into it. Um, I've been doing it for a pretty short amount of time, but, um, every chance I get to, to just kind of soak in a moment or, you know, like in Cody, you know, I, we, uh, we worked in the morning, had the afternoons off and come back for, for the night rodeo. And, and so I took that time to, to go and explore and I went on a bunch of hikes out there and it's just a gorgeous place. Um, but uh go you know stop and explore and smell the roses you know on your way from from town to town and rodeo to rodeo um uh one of my one of my other mentors benny paulson um i actually live out on his ranch but um he was uh he qualified for the pbr world finals um early i think 2004 or something but he's you know one thing that he regrets is is never 
stopping to, to see the sights or, or take in, you know, some of them attractions and, and, uh, you know, he was, a guy can do that pretty easily when you're, when you're focused on a job like riding bulls or, or just rodeo in general, but, um, don't, uh, don't take anything for granted. Cherish every moment you get doing what you love and, and, uh, have fun doing it. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I, uh, I, I agree a hundred percent with both of them. I, uh, you know, I always, uh, I'm a big UFC guy. Anyone that knows me, knows I'm a big UFC guy. And, uh, and man, Daniel Cormier has always said, uh, hard or make the hard work, easy work. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. what, what, what's hard work to everyone else should be easy work for you. Embrace the grind. And because this mm-hmm. rodeo, this rodeo road, this trail, it, it's a grind. You know, there, there is times in the summer, um, you know, it, it don't matter whether you're working all amateurs or whether you're working all PRCA rodeos. You know, I, I guarantee it. There's several times throughout a year that people are like, man, I, I, I'm, I, I want to quit. I'm done. Like, like it's a grind. It mentally wears. And, uh, but, oh, yeah. It, but you you got to embrace the grind, and like you said, take the time to 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 travel. Take the time to you know if you got to leave a day or two early, do it. Especially if you're traveling, like that's what I love to do. I love to leave a day or so early, uh, or a day or two early. A that way, if something happens, I'm there, still there on time. But B, I can get there, I can get things set up, and, and man, just like just go, just go sightsee because yeah. you know, especially you know traveling all over the country. There's so many different types of cultures and stuff like that and different types of people and the way people interact. And actually in terms of what I do and, you know, terms of telling jokes and stuff like that, going them a couple days early and spending time in the community and getting to learn the culture and stuff like that actually helps me in the arena uh, to get to learn you know, what I can make fun of. Like in Arkansas, I can make fun of people for going to their family reunions to find a, you know, to find a bride and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> but uh, when I know I have like, I, I watched a thing, uh, about Flint Rasmussen, you know, and when they go to them big cities, uh, you know, he, you know, and they got college football and stuff like that, you know, he knows the team names and, and the professional sports teams and, and all that. So he really becomes a part of the community. And, and, uh, I think for anyone doing this job, that's, that's lucky enough to go do those things. If you're not taking advantage of that, man, you're, you're shortchanging yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a weird quick question. Yeah. Uh, Hit me with as it. As far as like, I, I obviously haven't, I haven't, I've never seen you live, so I, I, I don't know, but uh, is, you know, where's like a, where's like a good inspiration for comedy come from? For you? Man, so, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm old school. Uh, now, you know, there's a lot of new age schools and, and, and what I'm about to say is going to ruffle a few feathers. I don't mean for it to ruffle feathers, but there's a lot of guys that want to be like Flint. And there's a lot of guys that think they can be like Flint and get their way through a rodeo and, and just by dancing and stuff like that. Uh, but everyone wants to know what makes uh, what made Liesl Harris the greatest of all time and, and what made Liesl so funny. What made Liesl was so funny was his mannerism and, and having the ability to be funny without even having to use his mic and, and having that slapstick comedy. And so I, I love going back. I love watching the Three Stooges or Dumb and Dumber uh, or okay. you know just going and watching stuff like that, that old-school slapstick yeah. comedy being uh, over exaggerant in terms of your body movement and stuff like that, yeah. uh, because there's yeah. there's times, especially when you go to like these pro rodeos. I mean, it is straight up like like you guys talked about earlier. It's a straight up production. Like you go to the NFR, it's a straight up production. They don't even put a mic on uh, on your barrel, man. Like the last couple of years have been John Harrison, man. Like it's straight up such a production, such time oriented stuff like that. So there's a lot of times where you won't have time to be talking on the mic, but you're still needed to help ooh and awe the crowd so you gotta be able to use your uh physical mannerism and and, and slapstick comedy yeah. stuff like that but man that's that's Definitely. where i find a lot of 
you know, I go back and watch like these old uh, the Shriner Circus and stuff like that, and these clowns that were over exaggerate and stuff like that. And that's where I get a lot of my, uh, uh, I guess, comedy from. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. We helped. Uh, I helped produce a couple of late night shows up here, so we've written a, written a little bit of comedy, done a little bit of comedy, you know. Yeah, I always thought it was fun. I, I've never really written any good jokes, but I've started a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I, I tell you, so I, I have a I have a notebook that I keep with me, and and man, if I'm driving down the road or whatever, I'll pull over first for all these cops in here that are listening. But I'll pull over first and I'll like write down this joke and whatever, and and you know I'll come back and like I'll be sitting at a rodeo or whatever, just sitting there, you know, listening to uh, Kevin Hart or or Larry the Cable Man or just listening to whatever. And, and I'll think of another joke and I'll go back and grab that notebook and I'll go back and I'll look at a joke that I wrote four or five months ago. I'm like, man, this is the dumbest joke I've ever heard in my life. And I'll go back and look <laughs> at another joke and be like, man, that's hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, I, everyone always believes that everyone always thinks that when I go to a rodeo or that when any clown goes to rodeo, they think that the announcer and the clown has a bunch of scripts and stuff like that. And, and, and man, and I know I should probably get a few more for when these PRCA rodeos happen because I know a lot of these PRCA guys want some scripts for backup. But man, I, I don't believe in scripts. You know, I, I think scripts are fake. Uh, I think that real people can be able to tell whether what's script and what's not script. And so, I mean, I'll have a few uh, jokes that are scripted to have as backup in case something happens, in case like a horse goes over backwards in the bucking chute and I didn't draw attention or, or whatever. I'll have a few of them in my back pocket, but. Man, I'm all about. I always tell people I, I was I grew up in a uh, sale barn in a coffee shop, which I did. You know, growing up every day, three fifteen, we got out of school, and I drove down to shortstop. And and I tell everyone my best my best friends were 80, 70, 80 year old men. And, and in high school, I was going to a funeral every three three four three or four a week because all my best friends were dying at the coffee shop and uh and, and man you just really put the fun in the funeral don't you yeah yeah i put the fun in the funeral <laughs> well willie we had a good run good job buddy <laughs> but uh but yeah but uh no that's that's where a lot comes just you know I, that that mannerism and just learning from the old school people like i said because a lot of people are just sure trying to get through with dancing and stuff like that, which is great. Like there's some great dancers and I, and I can, I can pop lock and torque it with the best of them, but I prefer to talk about my mannerism and stuff like that. No, and, I get it. I just like to ask. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I mean, I just, I like to, I just, I, I enjoy good comedy. I enjoy good laughter. You know? yeah. I like, I like, I like to, I like to get jokes that not everybody gets. And I like to get jokes that everybody gets too. You know, I, just, yeah. I enjoy a good laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, for sure. But uh, so, well, hey, fellas, I think it's going to wrap it up. We are at, uh, let's see, how long are we at? We are at a minute and 30 seconds, uh, uh, one hour, uh, a minute and 30 seconds, <laughs> an hour and 30 minutes. It definitely feels like a Monday voice, but uh, an hour and 30 minutes. And I tell you what, fellas, it has been an absolute blast. Uh, man, I, I like I said, if, for those of y'all who are listening, uh, go to get slash hooked up. Uh, I got. Let me see here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Go use promo code Storm and Norman, fifteen percent off of whatever. Uh, go get the most expensive stuff, okay? Because that fifteen percent gets sent to me. That's part, called a sponsorship. Yeah. And, then, you. <laughs> and then you go over and you shoot Gus a DM, ask him about his accident policies. Yeah. 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 Go give uh, <laughs> for any for any of y'all that need uh supplemental insurance. You know, whether you're riding bulls or punching fools, whatever it may be. Uh. 
you know, get, get it, get it done. You'll be glad you did. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, <laughs> well, Hey fellas, I appreciate y'all and I'll let y'all go and, uh, we'll talk to y'all later on. Uh, Yeah, appreciate it, fellas. Bye. Bye. Man, what a great episode that was. Two of the greatest dudes you're ever going to get to meet. Hey, I tell you what, fellas, uh, whether you're bull riding or a bullfighter, uh, barrel man, it don't matter. If y'all need the jersey needs, make sure you go hit up uh, Hooked Up Enterprises, Brent Schaff, Gus Kronberg, Gus Gromberg, Kronberg. Jeez, I'm sorry, Gus. But, uh, hey, go hit them guys up. Uh, Like I said, go to their website, uh, www.get-hooked-up.com and uh, make sure you write into the uh, coupon uh, bar. Write Stormin, S-T-O-R-M-I-N, Norman, N-O-R-M-A-N, all one word, all lowercase uh, letters, and uh, get 15% off. That's super cool. Them guys do that uh, for y'all. But, uh, hey, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Beyond the Paint Podcast. I appreciate y'all listening. I'll see y'all next week. I'm excited for next week's episode. Uh, Remember, uh, we're just uh, about uh, a little over a week away from the Super Bowl. Go Chiefs. Get it in there. Remember, you got to fight for your right to pate. That's it. We're going to wrap this one episode up. I appreciate y'all. Take care. (laughs) 